0: Section 2C Cold War, Berlin Airlift, Korean War, and War in Southeast Asia. The Cold War, 1948 1991. Although the United States and their Western allies had counted on the Soviet Union as a heroic nation struggling with them against Hitler, apparent even before World War II ended was that the alliance would not survive the ideological gulf that separated capitalist democracies from the communist giant. In 1945, the Big Three, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin, and American President Franklin D. Roosevelt, met to discuss the post-war division of Europe. The meeting did not go well, but did lay the foundation for what would become the United Nations. In 1946, the fledgling United Nations took up the issue of controlling nuclear weapons. By June 1946, a United Nations-appointed commission completed a plan for the elimination of nuclear weaponry based on inspectors who would travel the globe to ensure no country was making atomic bombs and to supervise the dismantling of existing weapons. Unfortunately, the plan was vetoed by the Soviet Union, resulting in almost five decades of Cold War. The Berlin Airlift, 1948-1949. In June 1948, the Soviet Union exploited the arrangements under which the United States, Great Britain, and France had occupied Germany by closing off all surface access to the city of Berlin. If left unchallenged, the provocative actions of the communists may not only have won them an important psychological victory, but may have also given them permanent control over all of Berlin. Worried that an attempt to force the blockade on the ground could precipitate World War III, the Allies instead built a Luftbrück, an air bridge, into Berlin. For their part, the Soviets did not believe resupply the city by air was feasible, let alone practical. The Air Force turned to Major General William Tunner, who led the hump airlift over the Himalayan mountains to supply China during World War II. As the nation's leading military air cargo expert, he thoroughly analyzed United States airlift capabilities and requirements and set in motion an airlift operation that would save a city. For 15 months, the 2.2 million inhabitants of the western sectors of Berlin were sustained by air power alone as the operation flew in 2.33 million tons of supplies on 277,569 flights. Figure 2.4 Although airlift came of age during World War II, full potential was achieved during the Berlin airlift, which was arguably air power's single most decisive contribution to the Cold War unquestionably achieving a profound strategic effect. The Korean War, 1950-1953 The 25th June 1950 surprise invasion of South Korea by North Korean armed forces caught the United States Air Force ill-prepared to deal with a conventional war in a remote corner of the world. The resulting confusion and makeshift responses fell short of requirements during the active course of the war. Conditions made even more difficult by the drastic swings of military fortune during 1950 and 1951 on the Korean Peninsula. The conflict imposed acute difficulties on enlisted airmen, and throughout the Korean War, airmen were called on to serve under the most dangerous and frustrating conditions. By 1950, most United States ground and air strength in the Pacific was in Japan. Although the Far East Air Forces, led by General George Stratemeyer, claimed more than 400 aircraft in Japan, Guam, Korea, and the Philippines, the numbers were misleading. The force consisted largely of F-80 jets, which did not have the range necessary to reach Korea from Japan. The first aerial combat between the United States and North Korea took place over Kimpo, South Korea, 27 June 1950. On 29 June, B-26 gunner Staff Sergeant Niall S. Mickley shot down a North Korean YAK-3, the first such victory recorded during the war. Enlisted personnel served as gunners aboard the B-26 for the first several months of the conflict and on B-29 aircraft throughout the war. On 15 September 1950, United States forces, spearheaded by the 1st Marine Division, successfully landed at Incheon, near Seoul, South Korea, effectively cutting North Korean Army supply lines deep in the south, threatening the rear. Figure 2.5 The United States Eighth Army launched their own offensive from Pusan a day later, and what once was a stalled North Korean offensive became a disorganized retreat. So complete was the rout that less than a third of the 100,000 strong North Korean Army escaped to the north. On 27 September 1950, President Truman authorized United States forces to pursue the beaten Army north of the 38th parallel. Air power played a significant role in the Allied offensive. Airlift actions ranged from the spectacular, to include the drop of the 187th Airborne Regimental Combat Team to cut off retreating North Korean troops, to the more mundane but critical airlift of personnel and supplies. Foreshadowing the versatility that was exhibited by the B-52 in later decades, Far East Air Force's B-29s performed a number of missions not even considered before the war, to include interdiction, battlefield support, and air superiority, counter-airfield. The War in Southeast Asia, 1950-1975 The Truman administration did not pursue total victory in Korea, in part to maintain United States' defensive emphasis on Western Europe. The next major conflict for the United States Armed Forces, however, once again took place in Asia. The Early Years, 1950-1964 In the 1950s, the United States' involvement in Vietnam began as a Cold War operation. Vietnam was essentially a French battle. However, the post-World War II policy of containment of communism prompted President Truman to intervene. He increased aid and ordered eight C-47 transports directly to Saigon, the first American Air Force presence in Vietnam. On 3rd August 1950, the first contingent of the United States Military Assistance Advisory Group arrived in Saigon. By 1952, the United States supplied one-third of the cost of the French military effort in Vietnam, yet what was becoming apparent was that the French were losing heart. On 4th January 1953, the United States deployed the first sizable contingent of Air Force personnel, other than those attached to the Military Assistance Advisory Group. This group included a complement of enlisted technicians, Figure 2.6, to handle supply and aircraft maintenance. In April 1953, the Viet Minh, under Ho Chi Minh's direction, staged a major offensive, advancing to Laos and menacing Thailand. President Eisenhower authorized C-119 transports, aircraft only, not crews, to the area, and in 1954 loaned additional cargo planes to the French. Because French air units were seriously undermanned, United States officials made the fateful decision on 31 January 1954 to dispatch 300 airmen to service aircraft at Touraine and Do San Airfield near Haiphong, North Vietnam. As Air Force presence increased in the early 1960s, so did the need for support personnel. Priorities included construction of airfields and barracks and intelligence gathering.